Right now, you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the brilliant iPhone XR included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and an 18-month lease. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after 16-25 month credit. Apply within two bills or canceled early. Your main balance due and limited basic after 9-30-20. Pay $33 per month per line with auto pay. Take prioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, oozes? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Fresh. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. And you are listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. I'm sorry, were you guys not enjoying the theme song of The Fiend? Because I certainly was. Welcome to the Game Changer Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, a part of Wrestle Attic Radio. I'm indeed Nate the Effing Great, and I'm being joined here by everybody's favorite Canadian on Twitter, as well as in the world, that being the one and only legendary Mr. Fretz. Yowie, wowie! Hey folks, I'm Mr. Fretz, and I'm here to 
folks, Mr. Fritz here at the legendary JF on Twitter. How are you today, Nate? I am doing pretty good, and honestly, just hearing that theme music once again just really does put me in the mood to really just talk about great things in professional wrestling. And honestly, we had a pretty stellar week as far as WWE programming goes, so for the first time in a while, we're actually going to be talking about a couple things from Raw, SmackDown, and we're going to be talking about probably one of the biggest moments that could have been a game changer, but unfortunately ended up being one of the worst things that happened in the world of professional wrestling due to politicking as well as many various racial integers. Uh, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. I think people already know what I'm talking about. But, like I said, before we get into that, we have to talk about this week for Raw. First of all, even if this is just covered briefly, uh, The Fiend made his return Odd Raw, uh, Jerry the King Lawler was going to be interviewing Sasha Banks for the King's Court, which, I will say this, I'm still kind of looking forward to seeing how the people of the Kings of the Rings podcast do to kind of top that, because I literally said, said it to Ambassador Biggs, a.k.a. King Ricky, uh, over Twitter, I, sa- I said, dude, they are literally making this a royal show Top that, please. <laughs> I think that they will, but at the same time, it's like, man, they're really pulling up all the stops for this. They got, you know, Kings of the Ring matches. They got the King's Court going on. Talking about a lot of King. They got Kings, former Kings of the Rings involved in the show. Uh, yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, huh, we are, uh, yeah, we're going to see how well these guys just try to capitalize on that. But basically, what ends up happening is that he's about to introduce Sasha Banks. Then we see the lights flicker out. And Jerry's just like, oh no, I've seen where this is going, I'm getting out of here. One of the first few times that somebody smart was just saying, you know what, I've seen this before, I'm getting the hell out of here. He leaves the ring, he goes up the rampway, he makes it to the edge of the ramp, and he's thinking, oh, well Bray Wyatt probably will appear in the ring. We get that little freaky, uh, absolutely causing light deal, and he's looking in the ring, he's thinking, well, where is he, where is he? Very creepily, very horror movie-esque. He just peers above Jerry Lawler's shoulder and then just gives him the mandible claw to take him out. My God, the more I see of this character, the more I love it. But the less I see of it, the more that I love it. It just, it's at the perfect point right now where this Fiend character is doing a fantastic job. And for those that are thinking that, oh, they're going to water it down because it's PG... They have not done that since The Fiend has come. And I also want to mention this. Uh, one of my favorite videos to watch this past week was during the uh, WWE Watch Along, where they had a bunch of superstars backstage watching uh, SummerSlam, and they're watching the Bray Wyatt entrance deal. A lot of people are talking. They're just, like, yapping and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, this is stupid. Johnny Gargano's face was everything we needed in life. He's just sitting there. He's just all, like, awe-inspired. He is just literally just left speechless. It is so, so entertaining. Definitely check that out. And, like I said, it's everything I've ever wanted from a wrestling fan. I, I remember even, like, uh, I think it was Sonya was saying, like, oh, I saw your match, it was great. And Johnny was just like, oh, yeah, thanks, I got a little banged up. But he barely touched his base because he was still focused on the entrance of The Fiend. So... For those of you that are curious, yes, Johnny Wrestling is indeed Johnny Wrestling for a reason. Nate, I watched it again this morning because I couldn't sleep. <laughs> uh, my 
Mike, well, yeah, night shift here. Uh, a by parentheses day off was yesterday. So I get back home from work at about 6 in the morning. I sleep until maybe about 2 or 3 in the afternoon, do some stuff, and then went to bed at midnight last night. Woke up at 5 a.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> so I'm laying in bed just scrolling through YouTube. I'm like, okay, a couple game reviews. I'll get catch up on, on Wrestle Talk and What Culture. And I'm like, huh, recommended viewing. It's like, Bray Wyatt entrance, 1080p. Yeah, why not? Whatever. Click. I, I can't get enough of this. And so, and we've been saying it already before. It's like the the fact that the gimmick is shrouded in mystery is entirely the point. And I think it's the best thing about it. And then everyone, there's been like this panic about, oh no, it's going to get watered down because PG and then Bray Wyatt himself is like, yeah, no. And then it was like either Tom Savini or one of his other designers is like, Oh, yeah, the best is yet to come. I just can't tell you. I mean, you could pay me, but I'm not going to tell you a damn thing. So what, when and what that's going to be, like maybe Night of Champions, maybe Survivor Series. There, there was another, um, dirt, I forget, it was this, one of these, this random dirt cheat page that when you're scrolling through Twitter and you go, oh, what's this? Click. Uh, it's like The Fiend. Uh, will win the Universal title and retire The Undertaker at WrestleMania 36. Uh, if that match is legit, bought somebody somebody buy me a ticket and a plane ticket because I'll go to that in a second. <laughs> I I honestly agree with you. I would probably be on that same, same deal as well. Oh my gosh. And just have... Bray Wyatt go completely over and just holding that championship and just WrestleMania just ends with just like him having the whole hand deal of doing the yeah, the hurt heel deal or just you know it ends with just the phrase yowie wowie graphic end of show or, or along the lines of you know let me in and you, you still have him like messing with his his head like <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts of it is that he's struggling with his inner self and I'm so intrigued to see where that's going and then I, I'm like okay I'm going to buy this this Yowie Wowie box set uh, a friend of mine, uh, actually a mutual friend you might know uh, Jeremy on Twitter, is it Jeremy891 okay. one I think I, th- I yeah, think Jeremy, I am uh, Jeremy Bowers, yeah, uh, shout out to Jeremy like good news, great guy and he got somehow got that box set like you lucky son of a <laughs> and, eBay is like selling it for like, uh, like, like SNES mini prices. <laughs> <laughs> well, people love to just buy stuff and then sell it on the internet. I mean, I, I I'm gonna quote, I'm gonna quote the great CM Punk once again. He's just like, you know, you're gonna take, grab, you're gonna, you know, buy those cups, my face in it on. You're gonna buy those programs, and then at five in the morning at the airport, you're gonna shove it in my face so you can get an autograph and sell it on eBay because you're too lazy to go out and get a real job. I think that's the best way of putting it. <laughs> Snap. Exactly. And, and, and it's funny, this other dirt cheat page, I think it was in our group chat, was saying, like, yeah, something about Punk hosting a show on Fox or like a wrestling show. Like, no, no. <laughs> uh, he, he's not coming back to wrestling, folks, uh, as much as it pains me to say. Yep, but he is going to be coming to All Out. And trust me, I'll give you guys a little bit of a brief preview of what's going on for that come next 
uh, come a little later on in the show. We'll probably close the show off with that. But we still got a little bit more to talk about. And honestly, guys, we have to talk about the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, the brackets are absolutely amazing. And I will say this. Already, about three of the four... Actually, mm, no, three of the four matches have been really, really good, in honesty. We got Samoa Joe versus Cesaro in what was the most hard-hitting matchup of the week. And legitimately, I, I said it like before the matchup even started. I said, okay, either one of two things is going to happen. Either one, Cesaro is going to uppercut Samoa Joe's head off, and it is going to go straight up into another universe. Or... Samoa Joe is going to pop off Cesaro's head with a coquina clutch. Almost my prediction came true, like, immediately as the show started, because literally they had Cesaro just run in, boom, uppercut Samoa Joe, one, two, kick out. Legit, so far that's like my favorite matchup, just Cesaro versus Samoa Joe. Absolutely amazing. Uh, In the end, though, Samoa Joe caught Cesaro, who was trying to go for, like, another... A springboard European uppercut caught him with the coquina clutch. Cesaro taps out. Samoa Joe advances to what seemed on the graphic was the semifinals, but I think what they meant to put was the quarterfinals. Uh, either that or somebody or something's going to happen with the. Uh, I'm going to look up the bracket really quick. The uh, I'm Rick- on it right here, Nick. I have it right here too. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, ricochet. I think it's, it's the. It's the. I think this is technically the qualifying round. This was the, yeah, it's the qualifying round to go into the uh, quarterfinals. So unless they do something very loopy with uh, Ricochet and Drew McIntyre, I do not see Samoa Joe going into the semifinals that easily. Uh, it's up in the air for me. Like my pick wagers on, I think the Ricochet and Drew McIntyre match. My dream pick. I mean, I want Elias to win it. I desperately <laughs> want Elias to like. Everybody knows he's my favorite guy in WWE right now. Like I, king of rock and roll, Elias, but they changed his theme and it sucks. No, I I agree. <sighs> I I hate it too. I I was one of the many people that were probably just like, what is this? I'd much rather him have that drifting drift up uh, theme music that he had in NXT. That was great, but they made but it a generic. We never we never heard it though, because he always started off with you know. Ladies and gentlemen, Elias. Yeah, no, that, yeah, yeah. That's the crazy part is that it always. If you were to pick up the victory, then you would hear his music. But before that, no, you would never hear it when he uh, when he when he would go out to the uh, ring. So, damn it. But uh, we had Cedric Alexander defeating Sami Zayn, which kind of bummed me out because I was thinking to myself, "Damn it, I really wanted Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens." But this also got solidified. When we talk about Elias versus Kevin Owens, which I think started off as a pretty good matchup, but then they did the whole Shane McMahon going to be a special guest referee. Damn it! Hey, Elias wins. Damn it! We had a really good matchup with uh, Andrade versus Apollo Cruz, in which Andrade picked up the victory. So honestly, right now these first few round matches really good. Looking forward to them. Uh, so actually, let's go right into the predictions for the uh, next. Uh, batch of qual- uh, qualifying rounds here. Uh, we have Chad Gable taking on Shelton Benjamin on SmackDown this week. Uh, with all these like shorty jokes and stuff like that, I really am hoping that Chad Gable wins this one because there's such a major part of me that wants to see Chad Gable versus Andrade. Oh God, give that to me right now, please. 
yeah, I'm picking Chad Gable to win this one. Okay, so I'm picking Gable, but did you know that WWE just trademarked Shorty G? I did hear that. So stupid. If this is if this is gonna be Slam Master J territory, oh boy, yeah. If you remember Slam Master J, folks, hit me up because yeah, he was in Jesse and Festus, and he's the son. He's, he, he's Terry Gordy's son for God's sake. Oh, yeah, Gable, that's gonna be a hell of a match. Like you got two amateur gods going up against each other, and I think they'll be able to tear the house down and. If we get Gable and Andrade, oh, oh, oh. Uh, did you know that um, Ray is king in Spanish? Oh yeah. So what if they do like Ray Mysterio's retirement again? When you know Dominic, or as I call him, Walter Junior, is gonna th- there's gonna be something in there. Like maybe he turns on him, or there's a mask. But if Andrade wins King of the Ring, and if he calls himself something like Ray Andrade. Like that—that's something that writes itself, right there. Ooh, I never even thought of that. That—that's some really good booking right there. But of course, right yeah. now this is this is just fantasy booking. But if it does happen, I want this to be documented that you called it right here on the podcast. I can't take credit for that. I think that came from either uh, Ollie or like uh, Matthew. Oh, okay. I'm still saying you take credit for that. <laughs> but anyway, okay. um, we have Ali, Mustafa Ali, for those of you that are curious, taking on Buddy Murphy, who is coming off of a big victory this past week on SmackDown, defeating the new Daniel Bryan in a singles matchup. Oh my God, was that amazing? And I'm hoping that we see more of Buddy Murphy getting a bit of more of a push Oh gosh, for this one, this this one's a toss-up for me. But thankfully, you're going to be starting off this prediction deal. Who do you got, Ali or Murphy? Let's flip a coin. Heads, buddy, tails, Ali. All right. Oh shit! I lo- wait. Heads. Heads, you're good. So, who was heads? <laughs> I I I, I, fu- I, I, I think you said I think you said Ali for heads. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, there it is. Prince Ali, Fabulous E, Ali Ababa. <laughs> I am very surprised it didn't go with that gimmick, considering. The... Ten regular men. Da, da, da. Oh my gosh! A thousand bad guys with swords. Okay, this is going to turn into the Disney show, but this isn't the Movie Men podcast. <laughs> Shout out Brady. Yes, uh, Brady. Uh, you might know, but he's a he's an old friend of mine. Like he, we had mutual friends that went to the same college, so oh, okay. I've known Brady for like ten years. He's a hell of a guy. He, he really is, and guys, definitely check out the podcast that I did with uh, Pete and Brady recently. It was a lot of fun, and it definitely is something worth listening to. Uh, but getting back to this one, I'm going to choose Buddy Murphy to pick up the victory here, because there's a part of me that really wants to see Buddy Murphy versus Elias. Just, oh man, just just these two guys just kneeing each other in the head just screams beauty right here. Alright, uh, next up we have for Raw. The Miz taking on Baron Corbin. For this one, I think right now it's pretty obvious. I'm, I'm going with Baron Corbin. I do not see The Miz picking up the victory here as much as I would really love to see. The idea of King Miz would just be, oh, that's no. 
I, I kind of like that idea. I mean, I know you're not exactly on the Miz bandwagon, but I know so many people, including our good friend Agent Cooper, shout out to Max, would love to see the Miz be be the king, but I see Baron Corbin picking up the victory here. Baron Corbin is my actual pick to win this whole thing. Really? King Corbin. Just, just imagine, think, you know his long list of accomplishments, like, he is a Golden Gloves boxer, he is a former United States champion, a former Money in the Bank loser, and... Uh, Sobble Beach's favorite I'm just saying my hometown Sobble Beach's favorite son And The king That bald head and that friggin Waiter's outfit with a king That's just like You know sometimes when you go to like those It's like an uh, Well it would be Applebee's for you folks in the states But you go to those places And you get the birthday song And someone brings out like a giant crown Or a giant head thing Like we have um Oh, uh, good God, it's just escaping my head right now. It's part of the Kelsey's Applebee's kind of franchise. Uh, it, it'll come to me, but it's one of those restaurants and you get a giant moose head because Canada. Oh, okay. And it's like, hey, it's your birthday. Here's a giant moose head and a, and a little free cake or something. But, yeah, Baron Corbin, he's going he's gonna to wreck the Miz here. But I'm, I'm hearing a lot, a lot on Baron Corbin. I think it... My pick rides on if, well, we're going into Drew McIntyre and Ricochet. Uh, if Ricochet wins, Baron Corbin's king of the ring. But if Drew McIntyre wins, I think he'll be the king. All right. Uh, so, yeah, that, that kind of goes into the uh, the Drew McIntyre versus Ricochet deal. I really would love to see Ricochet become, you know, King Ricochet. He was that in on the independent scene. How great would it be to have that just transition into the WWE realm uh, but I've, I've said this from the beginning I honestly think that it is going to be Drew McIntyre that wins the entire thing I'm looking forward to this matchup if uh, this is one of those matches where I'm not even going to be mad if you know Drew McIntyre loses I would prefer him to win but it's one of those things where it's like you got you got Prince Puma taking on Drew Galloway in a matchup that literally you probably could not put together any better, unless you decide, oh, we're just going to have this be a three-minute matchup. No, let this go on for like 15 minutes, like you've done with so many other matches. Let them just literally tear each other apart just to show how much they want to be king of the ring. Let this be a thing. I don't even understand why this is not even a final matchup. I'm, I'm calling that a miscarriage of justice. But I'm looking forward to seeing these matches. Going with Drew McIntyre for right now. Like I said, if Ricochet wins, I'm okay with this. It's going to make me so happy. And plus, we get Ricochet versus Samoa Joe, and then we get Ricochet versus Baron Corbin at the end, probably, because I do not see Cedric Alexander making it past the quarterfinals. Uh, honestly, there's just so many great things that are going on for this. And honestly, you could not pick better people to be in the Kings of the Rings uh, tournament. This is one of the few times where it's not like one of those things where back in the day you had, you know, like uh, Savio Vega or Goldust or something like that. These random people that are just thrown in there for no reason other than just to fill the spots. No, these people feel like they've actually earned their spots by being absolutely amazing in the ring. So, honestly, whoever wins this Kings of the Ring tournament, they've truly earned it. Did you know that Shane McMahon was in the King of the Ring qualifying match once? 
let's just say, let's just be thankful it was just a qualifying match and he didn't win the King of the Ring tournament. Yeah, I think he got knocked out by oh, my big China or something like that. But <laughs> Yay! I want to go for Drew really badly because he's the he's the guy. If it's not Elias, because I think Kevin Owens is going to screw Elias in the second round. Uh, it's it's Drew, and I can picture him just you know walking up to the to the podium to give his Austin three sixteen speech, but instead of doing anything, he just. Claymore kicks the mannequin that the crown and the the Roman scepter is on, and just smashes the throne like Cody Rhodes. Oh my gosh! It's like I'm not. Kids, I can't do an accent. Here's why I apologize. Even though I think there's some Scottish way back in my family, it's like I'm not gonna do a a bloody. I'm not gonna do a bloody king gimmick, yo wanker. That was more. I don't know what more that British. was. <laughs> that was more British. Don't <laughs> wait, but who knows? I can't do accents. <laughs> Sorry, oh my kids. gosh! I, I mean, it would kind of be like the whole deal with uh, Triple H when he won King of the Ring, where every single time they put that you know crown and cape on him, it would just be destroyed. And then finally, Creative was went to him backstage. Is like, y- you're not going to wear this stuff, are you? And Triple H is like, no, I'm really not. <laughs> like they're basically trying to make him look like he's a king, but it's just like, yeah, no, that, that ain't happening. I do see something like that happening with Drew McIntyre, where he's just like, you know, this stuff is all just, like, for show. I'm not going to do, do this for show. My actions in the ring are all I need to prove, and I defeated everybody in this match. And please, for the love of God, let this build up to a universal title matchup in the very near future, because I want to see him hold that championship. It would just be amazing. I want this so badly right now. Okay, I'm good. Uh but, yeah, honestly, like we said, it was a pretty stellar week for Raw, uh, and a pretty good... I will say this, this is one of the first few times where I was very pleased with Raw, even with the ending deal. I was just like, whoa, oh, okay, this, this is kind of cool, and I understand why. Although, I will say this, we got new Raw Tag Team Champions in Braun and Seth, but I'm hoping they have a Cena-Batista reign where it's just literally one week, boom, done, they lose them. I'm okay with this. And honestly, I will say this, that it feels like Seth is trying to play a heel more than a babyface because he's basically trying to get Braun Strowman away from the fact that he wants a universal title shot. He's just like, no, we got to beat the Raw, we got to be the tag team champions. We got to do this, this, this. And Braun's just like, I don't care. I'm going to win no matter what. And there's so many moments where Braun literally just scared the crap out of me. I, I think during the matchup, I literally was like, it's like, oh, geez, here we go. Here comes the end. Here comes the end. Braun just comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I forgot he was even in this. <laughs> but uh, I hated the SmackDown final deal where they just decide, hey, we're going to pull a doppelganger deal. It's like, you could have brought back Luke Harper. You could have done something very ingenious. And yet you chose, hey, let's just get a guy who kind of looks like Eric Rowan and dye his beard red, make him look like that. It's just one of those things where I'm like, all right, usually it takes a while for me to give up on a story. This is one of the times where I literally just said, F this story. I I really hate it. I'd much rather it be Luke Harper. (sighs) Yep, hashtag facepalm club. (laughs) There we go. There's there's a a snapshot for the facepalm. It's one, it looks like one of the Highlanders, Highlanders Robbie and Rory McAllister, 
Remember those guys? Oh, jeez, Louise. Yeah. Uh, and it's... I'm, I'm looking at that like Daniel Bryan is still trying to cover his tracks. Like, it's him. But he's just either in denial or he's masquerading this. Like, they're, they're pushing this as long as they can. And if it's his long-term booking, that takes us to... Oh, hell. Hell in the cell. Oh, Roman and Bryan and hell in the cell. Let's go. Uh, and as for... The tag team champions, it's going to be a short deal, and I'm just still, I have to give major credit to Walter for this one, too, but it's like, Seth's whinging and, and moaning, he, he's, he's sounding more and more like Gruntilda from Banjo and Kazooie. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. oh, that's that's what that, that gift was about. I remember that, that coming up in the chat, I'm like, where, where the hell did this come from? And then and now you tell me that, and it's like, oh, that makes more sense now. Now, now I'm a part. Now I'm part of the loop of you know the 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 the, ch- the, the chat that we we were in on Twitter. So now I totally get it. Oh gosh, that that's funny. Uh, honestly, I think the only thing that I probably did not like from this week was the whole Sasha Banks deal. I get it; she's trying to be a heel, but I think she's getting heat in the wrong way. Uh, first of all. She had sit. Down, she had that weird sit down interview where it was doing the side by side screen deal, which a lot of people hate. But there's some people like, oh no, it's still okay. It's like no, it's stupid. It's really stupid. Uh, where basically Sasha talks about her blue hair and everybody's commenting on them, blah blah blah, and then she just does this deal where Michael Cole asks, you know, nobody's really asked you, nobody's really talking about your hair. They want to know why you did that, and we really would like an answer. And she just says, "You're welcome." Boom, done. It's like, okay. And then we get the line that really pissed me off. Because not since the whole Eddie Guerrero deal did I get more pissed off at a character or more pissed off at a person. Here is the quote from Sasha Banks. Go to hell, Natty, and tell tell Daddy that I said hi. Yeah, that sounds really familiar, and that just sounds like another thing that I really do not need. I get it. You're trying to make her a heel. There are other ways. Maybe call her an embarrassment to the family. That at least would work. Maybe say that, you know, she's not good as she used to. She's not as good as she used to or something like that. Call her a laughingstock. Something like that. Something that makes her feel like a heel. Don't, don't bring family into this. Especially not one that has passed on. That's not cool. That's one of those things that rubs me the wrong way. And some people will say, like, no, it makes for compelling TV. Yeah, you're right. But when they bring real-life shit into it, it pisses me off. It really does. I mean, so many people could say that, well, you wouldn't be complaining if somebody in Game of Thrones was talking about their parents. Like, it's a fictional thing! They're bringing reality into this! There's no way of escaping it now. Now we have two disgusting moments in WWE's career in the past two decades. First, of course, being this... And the second one, basically, Randy Orton saying Eddie Guerrero's in hell. Fuck everything. God. Yeah, that... Uh, I I hate that, and, 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 and even as a Christian, I'm just like, c- come on, that's, that's so unnecessary. And... Yeah, that... Uh, the Eddie, that, 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 that was the absolute worst... Like I'm, su- I'm surprised they went there. I mean, to me, to me, it's like all this stuff, and then that was 
almost as offensive as uh, HBK tagging with God at Backlash 06. Mm, I tuned out for like a month after that. Like, I'm like, fuck that sacrilegious bullshit. I'm not getting into theology talk here, but this is, yeah, no, it's the wrong kind of heat. It's, yeah, you're, you're trying to get Sasha over with her blue... With her blue hair, I'm blue, da ba dee da ba. Okay, every time the word blue comes up, that song will forever be in my head. And anyone who has actually suffered through a Fretzelmania podcast, when I'm talking about the blue meanie, I break out into Eiffel 65. That song is 20 years old. Oh my, my goodness. Uh, yeah, uh, no, to- total... Totally unnecessary. I mean, I know that Natty and, you know, probably, like, Nightheart, it's like, oh, yeah, Nightheart would have been cool if, you know, Eddie would have been okay with this. You know, you're, even though they kind of overused Eddie's, overexploited Eddie's death for the whole Rey Mysterio thing. Um, in my mind, that should have went to Chavo. That could have been a fantasy booking thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, if you want to get heat, just be a heel. Don't... Don't try and mishmash this. It's unnecessary. Definitely. No, I 100% agree with you. All right, guys, we're going to take a little commercial break, and then when we come back, oh, boy. We are are lit for this, and for reasons, because we're going to be talking about probably one of the worst times to be a wrestling fan, especially if you were a fan on Raw. We'll talk about that because, like I said, there's a lot of politicking, a lot of screw-ups, so many unnecessary deals. So, guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back. What up, ooses? This is DFDC Jeff Pomontrio of Not Your Mama Soap Opera, and you're listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Hey, guys, this is Nate the Effing Great. Hey, have you ever wanted to be a champion but can't seem to really find the money and the time to get a championship belt? Well, you know who's a really good friend of mine? AJ from AJsBelts.com. These guys have a large assortment of championship belts, from classic belts to modern-day belts to championship belts you would not even believe. And guys, like I said, they work with you very well. With an awesome layaway program, there is no way that you can beat these guys' prices as well that these guys' deals, especially when you can give them a little bit of money every now and then until you can get that championship gold. Coming from a guy who's a champion and a game-changer, I'm Dean Nate the Effing Great, and I'm representing AJsBelts.com, proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast. Hey everyone, it's the Princess of Pro Wrestling, So Mal. You are listening to the Game Changer Podcast, sending lots of love from California. Still legitimately one of my favorite sound bites ever. Shout out to Show Calval because she's absolutely amazing. Welcome back to the Game Changer Podcast, guys. I'm Nate. He's Fretz. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, when I brought up this idea, I was kind of interested in seeing what my co-host was generally feeling about this. And literally, the first thing I think you said to me was that you had so much to rant about this. So, before we get too much into the ranting deal... We're going to be talking about the Reign of Terror. Now, what exactly was the Reign of Terror that people might 
be curious about. Well, from late 2002 to early 2005, Triple H was the guy. Was he a good guy? Nope. He was the heel. How much of a heel? He was the world champion for a good majority of that. And I actually want to bring this number into this. I did the math. 616 days. So, in that basically three-year tenure, we had about 1.6 of that entire deal. So, about a year and a half of that entire deal was Triple H as the world champion. Back when we had the World Heavyweight Championship. Remember that championship? Oh, yeah. The beautiful one that apparently WWE just doesn't want to really acknowledge too much right now. Yeah. I know, right? They want to just make their own stuff. So, literally, it was just a moment where Triple H was just squashing people left and right as the world champion. The list goes from Rob Van Dam to Kane to HBK, Goldberg, Scott Steiner, uh, Kevin Nash, most notably Booker T, Randy Orton before finally succumbing to the beast known as Batista. Thank you, Batista, for saving us. Uh, yeah. I think, honestly, that's the best way to sum it up. So, Mr. Fretz, I know you have a lot to say about this, so by all means, my good sir, the floor is yours. Oh, boy. He's opening up a cold one. (laughs) Mance, put the kids to bed. Five, four, three, two, one. Fuck Triple H. This, this is why I never liked him. I don't like him now. I like him as NXT dad, NXT head honcho. As a wrestler, no. I mean, I think I I did some of the math here. So from September 02 until March 04, that's, I don't know, something like 18, 19 months. He was champ for 12 of them. 12 out, of 20, no, 12 out of 21 months, which is roughly 58% of that time. Now, it started off poorly. I mean, Brock Lesnar gets drafted to SmackDown as the WWE champion. Okay, that's cool. Eric Bischoff's like, hey, we need a champion. All right, let's have a tournament awards title at Triple H. Well, okay, you could have had a turn. I don't know. Did they if they did a turn tournament or a battle royal or something like? It was just, and then RVD gets handed the the belt. Unforgiven O two. Not a bad show. This was the show that also involved uh, Billy. I think it was Billy and Chuck versus Three Minute Warning. This was just after their uh, their their commitment ceremony and the whole fake. Uh, the fake wedding, and uh, Eric Bischoff as the priest, you know, did I just say three minutes? Honestly, one of the greatest things to happen on SmackDown, I'm not going to lie. And then Rikishi comes out uh, as Hildegard. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I mean, in 2019 eyes, that is very offensive, but... Yeah. Um, So... You know, I didn't like Triple H previous to this anyways as the game. You know, his brief stint in DX. Hey, okay, cool, I was Team DX, but 
this is what they this this was why. I mean, okay, your first feud with RVD. Yeah, you're you're not going to have a short reign. That's fine. The Kane feud. We all know what was in this, right? Katie Vick, anybody? This, I, okay, so that's Kate. That on that segment, you know what one I'm talking about, everybody. Don't Google it. Safe search on, okay? Googlers, safe search on. I'm not telling you what happened, but in Canada, a eh, the second these a potential stimulation took place, the screen cut to black, and the broadcast just about ended. TSN was pissed at this. I mean, if the right to censor was still involved here, I mean, they would have, you know. Um, and it made, it made Kane look like a chump. It made him look like an absolute joke. And He's like, you know, you're a murderer, Kane. Well, we knew that because didn't he kill his mom and dad in the fire? Technically. Yeah. In, yeah, in storyline, that was what it was. And can we also mention the fact that, um, to make matters worse, they brought in the Intercontinental title, which had very little relevance in this entire storyline, and then they just decide, oh, well, the title's now deactivated. Why? One show... One champion. Uh, I don't know whose impression that was supposed to be, but hey, Bischoff's like, one show, one champion. And then eight months later, Stone Cold's like, well, by God, kid, we gotta have the Intercontinental title back on Raw. What? You know, Sheriff Steve Austin. Oh, Sheriff Steve Austin. Oh, he almost saved us from the reign of Triple H. Almost. Okay, Steiner. I, I knew right from, this was Scott Steiner at the tail end of his career, and, you know, his body was falling apart. I wanted him, I wanted Steiner to win too, but I knew it wasn't happening. Booker T and the veiled racism. That, you know, people like you are not gonna be a champ. Okay, full stop. Uh, okay, realism. Yeah, you're bringing in his real criminal past, and I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued, but then, oh, racism. Okay, I thought we were past this in 2003. I'm, nope, nope. And you had a pedigree. 30 seconds later, you cover, you you bury the pedigree. I mean, you elevate the pedigree to, like, punt status. Like, when the punt put you to death, they treated a pedigree, which is just a face buster. For, it's just like a version of the X Factor, for God's sake. It's not that good of a move. Although my friends used to try and put it on me and it hurt like a bitch because I, you know, you fall on your face. Um, or you try and take the cane, like, look at every time that cane or a big fella takes takes the pedigree. He takes the bump on his knee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, o- OSW makes a, makes a joke of it. It's just like, it's like, okay, he's like, okay, Kane, uh, you're going to take uh, the pedigree bump. <laughs> I'm fucking not. <laughs> I'm going to take it on my knee, okay? Uh, what did we have after that? Hey, the return of Kevin Nash. There was a favorite of mine when I was yeah, too sweet. I loved Big Daddy Cool when I was when I was eleven years old. His reign as champion. 
questionable at best. But hey, he was cool. He come he and his return was like literally out of nowhere. And I remember there was like a Monday Night Raw Evolution was uh, having a beat down on like HBK and someone, and you hear the <laughs> out comes Nash, huge pop. All right, let's get a title feud out of this. Two forgettable matches and a very forgettable Hell in the Cell match. Did you know they had a Hell in the Cell match? I did know that. I think wasn't this another one of those matches that like wrecked. Kevin Nash and shortened his career. Yep, and McFoley was the referee for some reason. Because they wanted this feud to somehow matter, question mark. Because they wanted to toss him off the cage again. <laughs> I'm sure, I think that would have been Foley's idea. I feel like Foley would have been the one who's like, oh, I'll jump off the cell. And they were just like, no, no, you can't do this. No, no, no. His Did wife would be like, Nick? Nuh-uh, no. <laughs> his, his kids would have been like, Dad? We get it. You're crazy. You're hardcore. Please don't die. We want you to see grandkids. Yeah, yeah we uh, yeah we already saw Noelle cry when she was like two years old on Beyond the Mat. Let's not recreate that, please. And what did we have after that? We had, hey, Goldberg had a three-month title reign. Let's see what, what he failed to win the title at Elimination Chamber, where he should have won because Triple H. Uh, he was dealing with. Did you see those like? pants he was wearing at SummerSlam 03. Oh, God, the biker like, shorts, yeah. It, 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 was, it was like the biker shorts and, you know, the alternate attire that everyone's tried to start recreating in No, Mer- in no Mercy mods. <laughs> um, yeah, he was dealing with, like, a groin injury or something, or, or maybe his quads were acting up again. Thinking, like, you could have had the title here. I mean, yeah, half of Evolution was in the chamber match itself. Good match. Great match. There, hey, I forgot to mention HBK's one-month title reign in 02, and that was the last time he had a world championship. He didn't really didn't want to have another run. He was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm cool. You know, he had big gold, big gold. I'm staring at it over there on my wall, right, with a little Elias figure right below it. Because I, I, in fact, walk, walk with Elias. And the let the man he, dream, damn it. <laughs> yeah, let me dream. If, if Okay, seriously, if he ever wins the WWE title, I will be that guy that was streaking at the at the Raw show that Rachel was at. Oh, gosh, I remember that. Shout out Rachel, shout out Rachel Moon. Uh, um, yeah, we had... There was things in there that you, you could have had HBK. I think HBK could have had a bigger run. You know what? I would have liked HBK and Triple H at WrestleMania. That, that would have honestly been a cool one. Um, yeah, you're... Re- you recreate the whole. It's like you bring the DX thing into it. You bring SummerSlam O uh, two into it. HBK has a decent run with with Big Goldie, or I would have liked Booker T to win. The the Goldberg feud is where I was like, okay, okay, now now Goldberg can take. He would have taken it to WrestleMania, but that would have taken him to WrestleMania twenty and. Well, we covered it. We talked about it, so we don't need to go further than that. Go to the archives, folks. We, we reviewed WrestleMania 20. That was a fun time. And I think now I'm going into what? Okay, Benoit. Benoit wins the title off. And I'm like, okay, finally. We're we're here. The, the era is over. And then Randy Orton wins, which, you know, Orton's another guy that I've never, ever been a big fan of as well. And... They did it. They did that in Toronto. Like, oh, come on! 
okay, hey, now Orton's going to turn face. I like it. And then, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. And Triple H wins it back. Then has another, like, what, six, seven-month reign with it to be ended by uh, Batista. A whole bunch of bullshit here, Nate. I mean, you could have been... You could have at least... Well, yeah, you could have had him still... Maybe still him as the champion for these things. But you could have created some stars instead of just making everybody look like a chump. Yeah. Or maybe some of these people could have had a one-day title reign. But then that mean Then we would have, you know, like Triple H approaching Ric Flair level... Ric Flair and John Cena levels of, of title wins. Although Ric Flair is more like a 30-time champion, but nobody mentions that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, so basically, to kind of like do the fantasy booking deal here, uh, I do like the idea of having a tournament to determine the world champion instead of just having it be Triple H, even though they're saying, but he was the number one contender for the championship, but Brock Lesnar ran away to SmackDown. I don't care. You still earn your spot. You earn that right to be champion. You don't just be like, oh, well, you're second place. Here's a ribbon for you. Great. That's, yeah, cool. That's like a participation trophy. Really really cool. Um, I definitely would have had, you know, Kane go over. Even if it was just for like one day, just to have him have that win and be able to be like, yes, I avenged it. I got my world title shot. I got a world title run involved in it. And, you know, even have Triple H, you know, win by shenanigans the following night just to then have him lose it to, to Sean at Survivor Series. That's fine. That's totally fine. Scott Steiner deal, I mean, it is what it is. I would not have had him, you know, drop the title to Scott Steiner, thankfully, because I think that would have been a very biz, abysmal, you know, title run. And honestly, you know, you mentioned the whole deal where he was kind of reaching the end of his ropes. You have to remember that he was still doing like a head scissors, a Frankensteiner, in TNA at his age about years later. So while, yes, here in WWE, it was like, yeah, he didn't look that good. That's probably because of the fact that he was too focused on, you know, pumping something in there. And I will say this, that we got to give another shout-out to Brian Zane for bringing this up. The fact that they were trying to make Scott Steiner a freaking baby face, um... You know that in WCW, he was never a really good babyface, right? He was always that guy who was just saying, like, oh, yeah, his wife is coming to the papa. He's calling out people. He's talking about crooked yellow teeth, just absolutely bashing people. He was just kind of like that high school jock that everybody hated, and it was awesome. It was great to see that. Uh, I do definitely agree Booker T should have won the title at uh, WrestleMania. I would have had him hold the title for, like, a few months before dropping into another heel or to another person. Um, the Goldberg deal, that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, gosh. Then we go into, like, the 2004. The whole deal with uh, Randy Orton. I've covered this, like, in an earlier... Uh, earlier when I was doing podcasting. I did a whole deal where, like, the age of Orton actually took place here to where, basically... Orton goes heel, and Triple H kind of goes babyface in this one, but Orton still keeps the belt. It's kind of one of those transitions where it's like, you know, Orton is still going to be kind of like the head leader. He's going to basically take out Triple H. He's basically going to be like, you know, you were the head honcho for so long. Nobody cares anymore. They want the new generation. They don't want you to do this anymore. And they do it to a point where they, you know, beat him senselessly. And, you know, some people will, be, will probably actually treat it like, well, no, we don't want him to basically get killed. We just want him 
out of the title picture to where um, you know we would have you know Randy Orton still dominate the title picture. I've talked about incorporating people like Shelton Benjamin, Maven, maybe even bringing some of the classics like you know Jericho, Benoit, Edge, building those people around that title run. But I would still keep it so we're at WrestleMania, Batista wins the title at that point. But I would also add a little bit of a factor here, having Triple H be the guest referee for that matchup. And honestly, you could still have the Triple H and Batista feud down the road, and you could try to have, you know, Triple H try to pedigree Batista, and Batista just, you know, hits him with the Batista bomb, and Batista still has that great moment of him celebrating with the title, fireworks going off, stuff like that. Make Batista that believable character, and it would work. And honestly, I think that would be great to have you know, Randy Orton then move on to SmackDown, continue his heel deal, then probably even feud with The Undertaker during that entire deal. But some people might be like, well, who could face The Undertaker at WrestleMania 21? I mean, there were a couple of possibilities there. Possibly, you know, oh gosh. Uh, Muhammad okay. Hassan, was he there in 04? No, they, this would be. WrestleMania 20? Wrestle- no, no, he was next year. He was yeah. WrestleMania. Oh, we're talking WrestleMania 21. Yeah, Muhammad Hassan. I mean, honestly, it could be like a streak versus streak deal. We could build that up a bit. And, I mean, they were going to eventually build him up to be the world champion later on down the line. I don't think a loss at WrestleMania is going to hurt him, honestly. I think that it's going to be a situation where he can still build up. And honestly, here's the thing about it. I could probably even see them doing kind of like what they did at WrestleMania 9, to where it's like, oh, Undertaker's going to beat him. He goes for the win, but Davari gets involved. He hits a low blow. Undertaker still gets the victory by DQ, but it still kind of builds up the storyline there, because then that way when Hassan gets drafted over, who's the first person that wants Hassan? The Undertaker. Build that into the Great American Bash deal, although minus the uh, the whole deal where real life unfortunately got involved with that. We're just, mm, no, 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 no. Definitely, definitely don't do that. Um, but yeah, there, there's so much potential that they could have done with the Reign of Terror deal. And the reason, again, why we call it the Reign of Terror is because there were so many moments where Triple H was just politicking his way through this, where he's like, I gotta be the one that's got the belt. Oh, you're gonna be building me up for somebody else to beat you for it? Yeah, 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 that, 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 that's the reason uh, why. Instead, he probably just wants that belt literally, like, right next to his bed before he found something better that was gonna be next. It, it feels like this is an early version. I'm making this into, a, like, a parody of, like, Triple H and the world title in that tear was, like, is, like, Rockstar Spud with the 24-7 title right now, where it's literally like, that's all he cares about. He wants the championship, and then it's like, I'm worth something. I can be the man. Although in this case, with Rockstar Spud, we're so root for him because he's an awesome dude. He's highly entertaining. We want him to consummate the marriage. Not to the point where it's a live sex celebration, but just literally a situation where it could be like even an Instagram post where we just see you know, him and his wife, they just finished cons- consummating the marriage, and it's just one of the things where Rockstar Spud, he's just got the he's got the belt high above his head, and his wife is just just holding him with like a very sensual kind of smile, be like, I, it's like I'm the champion in life as well as in wrestling, and he just drops the title to like r Truth or something like that. He's just like, I found something better than this championship. And it's like Rockstar Spud, you are amazing, never change. I want to see this final result. I want him to be champion again to consummate the marriage. I want to see this final result. I know we're going into a completely different direction, but again, it still feels like that kind of deal where it's like, well, 
Triple H probably had that world title literally next to his bed before, you know, Stephanie came along. Because in 2003, uh, I think it was like the week of No Mercy, if I'm not mistaken, that year where they had, uh, where Triple H and Stephanie got married. And I know this because here's a funny story that a lot of people might not know. Vince McMahon wanted to write Stephanie off of TV. And instead of just having him, you know, just fire Stephanie and stuff like that, he wanted to have a match with Stephanie. And I quit matchup at No Mercy 2003. And let's just say this. Hmm, laundry list of people who were pissed off about this idea. Let's see here. Linda. Shane. Triple H. Mr. Fretz. Freaking everybody was pissed off about this idea. And <laughs> I think Linda had a really good comment where she, where she just says, if you, if you put one mark on her, I will never speak to you again. And it was just... Well, so it's just like, yep, that I would have that reaction too. Where and Shane and Triple H even said, like, you know, can you just imagine her like, you know, go, showing up in the wedding photos? She's got either like a black eye, missing tooth, something like that. Thankfully, that matchup did not have Stephanie McMahon have that kind of deal. Although, if I saw a wedding photo and she had like a mark under her neck, I can understand why because Vince basically tried to strangle her with a lead pipe because you know, best for business, quote-unquote. God. What is wrong with Vince McMahon? Even nowadays, some people are saying, like, nowadays he was, he's kind of messed up in the head. You have to remember that this is the guy who dropped the N-bomb in 2005 in front of two African-Americans, one of which he screwed over at WrestleMania 19. Uh... This is a guy who thought, hey, let's have an incest program with my own daughter. Ew. Yes, you, you heard that. I was that. thinking at that point in time, bro. Oh, that almost came up. Oh. Uh, the, the, oh, hey, he, Fred's mentioned it before. The whole deal with battling God, because somehow that's entertaining, even though people are like, yeah, you're an idiot. This is not entertaining. This is just stupid. I mean, we can only have the whole deal, you know, like, the whole, that's only a fictional deal. That should not be brought into a reality-based deal. That could happen on Game of Thrones. People would not be pissed off about it. And it wouldn't be, you know, God-God. It would be a God. Something like that. It'd be something more like, okay, we, we could see this happening. Instead of, no, I'm battling God, and I'm going to be using my dragons, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, they, they wouldn't do that. They're not, they're not that stupid. Uh, and everybody, know that, everybody knows that God is Morgan Freeman, right? That is true. That is true. I mean, you got two movies to prove that. Good news. Very true. This is also very true. I liked Evan Almighty. I liked Evan Almighty. Uh, unpopular opinion. I liked it because almost any Steve Carell in it, I'll watch. Except Dan in real life. I wasted two hours of that bullshit. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now I also do kind of want Steve Carell to just show up in WWE as Michael or as uh... Michael Scott, the GM. <laughs> oh my gosh! Why did we get that for a guest general manager? God dang it! That would be amazing. Oh my god, yes. He, yes. And he, bring, he brings in Dwight, Jim, and Pam. Oh my gosh! Come on, just oh jeez. There's 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 so much that they could have done for that. I could just see him doing like the awkward like fist bump to like a Zack Ryder or something else like that. Oh my gosh, that missed opportunity. We are getting so off topic right now, but you know something? Oh, dude, I'm just—I'm gonna get even more off topic. All right. Um, imagine if the twenty-four-seven title was around 
in 09 when this whole dealy was going on. 24-7 title in the jello. Come on, Jim Halpert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, and honestly... honestly can the title in jello when you see friggin... What's his... Uh, spud. Oh and then... Roll up! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie I can literally see that happening here in 2019 With R-Truth just doing that He just <laughs> He basically just takes the belt Puts it in jello And he has to cover it up With one of Like you know like how the waiters have that deal Where it's like uh, like the cover on the, like the big dishes Or something like that He's just basically dressed up like a waiter Roaming around And <laughs> And they find out, oh, our truth is right there. Where's the where's the belt? Where's the belt? Where's the belt? And our truth our truth is like, uh, 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 you know, it's like he's just like mentioned some random name, pin me for it. And they're like, and Spud's just kind of suspicious, like what? He opens up the tray. He just sees the Jello. It's like, huh, okay. And it's not until he looks on the other side he sees the twenty four seven title. Oh my god. We are creative geniuses. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, man. I, I almost... I, uh, I was crying. That's... I'm going to rewatch The Office now. Uh, shout out to Christina. She always tweets about watching The Office, and I'm going to do that while I'm having my afternoon nap before work tonight. Oh, yes. <laughs> Classic. Yes, yes Office... That show got me through college, man. Good oh, times. Office jello time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So, that just about wraps it up for this edition of the Game Changer Podcast. But before we go, you guys, definitely got to talk about next weekend because it's going to be an all-out crazy weekend. Very much pun intended. Um, I mean, my God, I've already got like a list of so many people that I'm going to be meeting at the uh, all-out events. So, basically, for a lot of people that don't know, it's going to be a four-day event that will be taking place... Thursday all the way to Sunday with the All Out event happening on Saturday next weekend. And boy, the, 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 we already got like such an amazing card for that. Not even going to spoil like too much of it because of the fact that we're going to go into predictions next week. Uh, one thing I will say that I will have a special guest on this show, that being the one and only king and man of a thousand infinite so many gimmicks that you cannot possibly imagine. That being Dusty Dave, he will be a part of this show. This yes. entire deal, it's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, just to kind of run through a couple of the names that I have on here for uh, the people that I'm going to be meeting uh, Thursday. A couple of people that I'll be meeting will be uh, Adam Page, uh, Sunny Kiss, as well as Joey Janella. Uh, they also have a double or nothing watch along happening uh, from six to ten at the uh, Hyatt uh, Re- 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 Regency, I believe, is the uh, is the name of the is the name of the place because uh, it's basically what they did last year. Uh, they also have a wa- they have another like watch along deal that happens uh, for the adult, for the all all out pay per view that happens on that Saturday uh, on Friday. A couple of people I'll mention on here again. Uh, I got my ticket to see SCU SCU SCU. SCU. Uh, one person I'm excited to meet is uh, Sammy Guevara. Some people might remember him from Lucha Underground. Uh, this is a guy I'm just sort of like, yes, I'm looking forward to seeing this guy. Looking forward to seeing this guy. Uh, did get a nice uh, t- ticket for the one and only uh, voice of wrestling, JR. Well, oh, get, dude. It's it's awesome. There was a chance to do like a combo, but it's like, 
I really love JR. I'm sorry, no disrespect to the king, but JR's my boy. JR's the man. Uh, also got to mention uh, Sting will also be on my list here. Jeez, uh, I will say also this. This is kind of crazy, but there's... Uh, this is the third time I'm meeting these individuals. I'll be meeting uh, Demon Bunny, Allie, and Rosemary for the third time in a year. So first time I was meeting them at All In last year. Met them again at WrestleCon during WrestleMania weekend, which was awesome. So I get to meet them again for a third time this year. Uh, same thing with Noel Foley. I get the chance to... Actually, no, oh no. No, this is actually my fourth time I'm meeting Noel Foley, now that I think about it. Because first time was All In. Second time, WrestleCon in New York. Third time, WrestleCon here in Wisconsin. Fourth time is going to be in Chicago. Jeez Louise. I, I feel like there's going to come a point where I'm literally just going to say, Noel, do you want to just like exchange like numbers and just text each other? Because I feel like we're just going to meet each other up randomly. I'll <laughs> doubt. Uh, gosh. And I'm hoping Frank is going to be there too. Frank the Clown, absolutely entertaining. Absolutely great. Do not be one of those people that says, oh, well, he's a clown. He really does it. No, he's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. You people can shut up. <laughs> uh, also, I have to mention this because I do want to kind of stick this a little bit to uh, future mother, that being the one and only Taylor Ambrose. I'll be meeting John Moxley on that day, too. Uh, I know, yes. right? It's, it's just beautiful. Um, and then on Saturday, the big one. Going to meet CM Punk for the second time this year, and I am so looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. And he is actually going to be doing a... I think he's doing like some kind of a panel entitled "Best in the World" on that on that day. So it's literally one of those things where it's like, okay, so I got to meet you know a couple other people during that deal, uh, but then I also meet CM Punk. Then I can go see the CM Punk deal. Uh, after that, go see uh, All Out, and then on Sunday I do have a chance to meet up with uh, Britt Baker. I would have met her on Friday. The problem is though that I looked at my Friday list. Holy shit, there's a lot of people I'm meeting on Friday. I'm just realizing that right now, and it is uh, is crazy. But like we said, you guys, next week we'll get the chance to do a, a prediction show that will be actually airing on the Game Changer Network, not on the uh, WrestleAttic Radio deal as much as I love these guys. By that point, All, our, All Out is going to be you know done by that point, so we will be doing that exclusively uh, here. Maybe I'll do like a reaction deal with uh, Dusty Dave the day after. Maybe we'll do something like that. Who knows at this point? It's, it's all kind of in my mind right now. I just got to organize it like I organize my list of meeting people. Either way, All Out's going to be absolutely fantastic. Definitely check out hashtag Belt Bros because we're bringing that back, me and Dusty Dave. Hell yeah. And, geez, Louise, it's going to be absolutely it's going to be absolutely a fun time. So for those of you that are in the Chicago area, be sure to just, you know, find me. You'll find you'll find me really easy. I'm usually the guy with the belt. I'm also trying to decide which belt I'm going to be bringing along to the event. Uh, one that's definitely going to be on there is the uh, NWA World Tag Team belts. So for those of you that are interested in finding me and Dusty Dave, we'll be, you know, pairing those off. It's going to be awesome. Yep, take a swig for that. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll go with, like, the classic NWA World title belt. Maybe bring the actual World Heavyweight title belt. I don't know. It's it's going to be one of those things where it's like, hmm, still got to decide which ones are going to be good because I don't want it to be like exclusively WWE-related belts. I want to kind of change it up just a bit. But I've said a lot already. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this edition of the Game Changer Podcast. And, guys, be sure to check us out on Twitter 
at Attic underscore Wrestle. Be sure to check out a lot of the great people, the great podcasts that are indeed a part of that, including the Kings of the Rings podcast, Gift of Podcast, Fourth Wall Wrestle Cast, Not Your Mama Soap Opera Cast, as well as us here at the Game Changer Podcast. Not the Wrestling Podcast, King Ricky, but the Game Changer Podcast. He said that so many times on the freaking uh, on Kings of the Rings. And I'm at the point where it's like, I'm going to stop listening if you do not cause if you keep calling us that. I'm at that point right now where it's like, I'm just going to stop listening if you keep calling us the Wrestling Podcast because we're not exclusively a wrestling podcast. Just like, you know, you wouldn't expect that for a lot of other podcasts. We talk about a lot of other shit. But we are hashtag ProTalkWrestling, so be sure to use that hashtag, especially during All Out Weekend, because I actually do want to get some fan tweets uh, posted here on the show uh, when we do it next week. Uh, no, not next week. The we, the week after. The po- post All Out. You guys know what I mean. Um, but yeah, uh, Mr. Fretz, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Yep, we got uh, the Russell Addicts Radio Radio Patreon. I just uploaded my first episode of the 20 Bell Salute, which will be a monthly show where I look at uh, WWE pay-per-views each month 20 years ago, but also look at uh, video games, TVs, movies, and whatnot. Notable releases from that in, uh, in each month. Just a little preview for this month is I talked about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I talked about the uh, superhero spoof Mystery Men, where the song, everybody's favorite meme, All Star by Smash Mouth, comes from. The music video has footage from that movie. It's not a Shrek song. It's from Mystery Men. Ben Stiller. Uh, September, uh, I'm going to, let's see, what do I have? I, uh, I'll give you a sneak preview of some things that are coming up in September, and that is Sonic Adventure and Grand Theft Auto 2. So that's just going to be a little... A little uh, sneak preview there. So that's on the WrestleAddict Radio Patreon. Uh, we have a bunch more stuff coming up on there. Five bucks firm, no tears. It's it's a good time. Uh, and as well as occasionally I'll put up my uh, my podcast, Fretzelmania, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E, Mania, everywhere you can hear podcasts like, you know, Apple uh, and all those other places. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I got, I got nothing else to plug. Uh, I'm jealous of the whole all-out thing, but hey, someday I'll have my final return to live wrestling. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, guys, like you said, you can check us also on so many different podcast forums. Definitely check us out. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Be sure to just enjoy every single bit of wrestling because we do indeed try to keep wrestling real. And by keeping it real... We show how much we enjoy it. So, for Mr. Fretz, I've been Nate the Effing Great. Thank you so much for joining us here. And until next time, just remember fuck the man with three H's in his name. And let him in.
right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. My name is Ella, and I make Ella Bella Beads bracelets. Ella's bracelets raise money for the Children's Hunger Project. They're really pretty. At American Family Insurance, we believe you're never too young to have a dream. So today, we're supporting Ella's. My dream is to sell a gazillion bracelets so that no kids are hungry. Every dream deserves a champion. Find your dream champion at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.